0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation.
1: What is up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams.
2: And I'm Hunter Jacobs.
1: And you're listening to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast. <laughs> We are back with another episode. Look at us being consistent. You know the vibes. Uh, we said we were going to record every Thursday to drop every Friday. And this is now going to be the second week in a row that we we hit that mark. So, boom. Uh, I'm proud of us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Hoopball Nets Podcast on iTunes. or well, aka Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews will get read right on the podcast. If you listen on Spotify. Follow the podcast, download the podcast, and uh, that helps out as well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. You can follow me and Hunter at Najee Adams underscore Hunters at Hunter underscore JKR on Twitter. And uh, we are back to talk about the Nets, talk about the NBA, give our top 20 players, talk about Joe Harris, Steve Nash, their, the little bit of their schedule that has been announced and uh yeah, this should be a fun episode. But before we get into things, let me just give a shout out to MyBookie.ag. Um, I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet of up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. Um, if you didn't get it on that, what were you doing? Seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds, boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are, we know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or i have been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every single week. Sign up and get reloaded today, find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at mybookie.ag and when you do use promo code hoopball that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200, they'll match you with another hundred in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie. So come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. That's mybookie.ag, And you use promo code hoopball, and you'll be on your way. And with that, let's get into things. Uh, so yeah, I guess the last time we recorded was right before the draft. So it was literally the day before the draft. And, uh, I had trouble editing it, so I had to go up later. And I gave the disclaimer in the beginning because we were saying like we we had we talked about free agency and free agency had already happened by the time it got posted. So we were like, oh, you know, Danilo Gallinari is going to go to the Lakers or the Heat or the Clippers, and he ended up going to the Hawks. <laughs> we were like, Serge Ibaka is going to be a net, and he's a Clipper. So <laughs> obviously, things didn't go exactly how we thought. I don't think the Nets got a single rookie that we wanted them to draft. I don't remember who you said, but I know they didn't get RJ Hampton. I know they didn't get Trey Jones. And I can't remember who my third person was.
2: That I was talking about Tyrell Terry.
1: He was my third, too. Yeah, he, they didn't I'll get him see.
2: either. In fact, they did not pick anyone.
1: So, <laughs> exactly.
2: I mean, it was expected that they wouldn't have the pick based on their win now mindset. But uh, in case you didn't know, the move was acquiring landry shaman using that pick what are your thoughts on landry
1: so before we get into the whole landry thing the deal itself made almost made me just say let's not record the podcast because it's a huge three-team trade that no website seemed to have a concise summary of and hunter said
2: they they acquired bruce brown as we know Earlier on, and most deals are not finalized until much later. So the Nets decided to expand the deal because in the Landry Shamet deal, the Pistons also shipped Luke Kennard to the Clippers. So, being so- that the Pistons gave Brown to the Nets and Kennard to the Clippers, and the Clippers gave Shamet to the Nets, they just made it one huge trade with those three players and a whole bunch of picks involved.
1: So yeah, uh it's basically the same trade that netted the Nets. Um no pun intended. Ha ha that netted the Nets uh Bruce Brown. Um so the, the official summary of the trade was Landry Shamit, Bruce Brown, and the 57th pick, Reggie Terry, all went to the Nets. Uh Luke Kennard, Justin Patton, and number fifty-five pick Jay Scrub, and four second-round picks headed to the Clippers. Uh Rodney Magruder, Jana Musa, and the number nineteenth pick, uh, which the team used to select Sadiq B were acquired by the Pistons, and then uh, Detroit also received the draft rights to uh Jalen Hands. So they're... see Detroit
2: has a lot of weird like their roster structure is very strange now. Shout out Liangelo Ball. Yeah, they got Liangelo Ball, they have Musa they, they signed Josh Jackson. They picked up Grant. Then they signed Plumley. They, they just have such a weird, weird roster. Do you I mean, think,
1: think Leangelo makes their roster? No. You don't?
2: <laughs> I personally don't believe he'll ever see NBA action in his entire life. But, um, hey, if he does, he does. Yeah, he's, uh, on, I,
1: he's on the Exhibit 10. So, I mean, he, he could. But I'm, I'm guessing it's just a training camp. Like contract, Yeah, I
2: personally contract. do not believe he will see NBA action.
1: No, he'll probably go to the Pistons G League team, though.
2: Yeah, that's that's not NBA action. <laughs> <laughs> he'll do well in the G League. No, that's fine.
1: What do you think ends up being laangelo Ball's career high in points? Zero. <laughs> what do you think Lamelo's career high ends up being?
2: 57. Yeah, okay, buddy.
1: What and what what is Lonzo's
2: career high? I don't know. I'll give Lonzo one singular forty-point game in his entire career.
1: <laughs> okay, that that's fine. I'm I'm cool with that. Um. Okay. So Landry Shamit, back back to Landry. We already gave our thoughts on Bruce Brown, uh, on the last episode. But Landry Shamit, um, I think it gives the Nets another Joe Harris type of guy, like a a, a knockdown stand. Still, right in the corner or on the wing shooter, like um, in his time with the Clippers last season. Oh, keep in mind, Landon Shamers are only twenty-two years old, which okay, is. Cr- I'm not gonna lie, the Nets,
2: as of right now, in my opinion, have the best roster structure in the NBA.
1: I don't agree with that, but I, <laughs> I think that they have a an, an amazing. I think they're definitely the best team in the East, like not even a
2: question to me. They surrounded. KD and Kyrie to dominant, do everything, isolation scores, with that will draw attention with people who can knock the shots down once the attention is on either one of them, and then they have DeAndre Jordan to clean up the rebounds and Jared Allen to clean up the rebounds and blocks the shots. So
1: I don't want it to go unnoticed, but I swear to God, I thought
2: Landry Shaman was older than 22. Like. Um, I, mean, I didn't, I mean, I knew that he, he just came into the league only two years ago. So, I mean, I thought the oldest he could have been was 24.
1: I thought he was like 24, but he, 22 is a pickup for the Nets. Like, 22-year-old, he uh, he played 27.4 minutes per game last season for the Clippers, and he shot 37.5% from three. Uh, he's a career 40.2% shooter from beyond the arc, um, average and 9 a-
2: and looks with KD and Kyrie drawing doubles on drives and stuff, he will definitely be another 40% three-point shooter. So they could have two of those with KD in uh, Joe Harris and Shammy.
1: Yeah, the Nets honestly could have a top three offense in the entire NBA. If everything... They
2: might lead the league in three-point percentage, if we're being honest.
1: that's That could also happen, but I think... I, honestly, I think that they they really might lead the league in three point percentage because they have all efficient guys. Like the only I mean, person
2: mentioning, we're still forgetting they have Dinwiddie and Lavert.
1: Exactly, the only person I could wrong. see being inefficient from three Loaded. is like Torian Prince. I could see him and
2: Kyrie Irving.
1: Eh, I, what is what is what's Kyrie's career three point percentage? I'll tell you right now, it can't be that low. I feel like his career it's it's thirty nine percent. He's only shot below 39% twice in his entire career. He shot 32% in 2015, and he shot, that's really it, to be honest. He shot 35% in 2013, but the last couple seasons, 40.1, <laughs> 40.8.
2: 9, 40%, that's strange. I know, it's crazy,
1: but he, I think he'll shoot. I think he'll be efficient. The only inefficient person I see on that team is Torian Prince, and he's not even going to have the opportunity to be inefficient because he won't be taking that many shots. So, honestly, like you said, yeah, the Nets could lead the league in three-point percentage. They will most definitely have one of the best offenses in the league, especially since they'll have uh, Mike D'Antoni heading it. We might as well talk about that now. Steve Nash came out and said, you know, um, Jock Vaughn is going to lead the defensive side of things. And uh, Mike D'Antoni is going to lead the offensive side of things for the Nets. And that kind of left a lot of people, including Hunter and I, like, what in the hell are you going to do then? Uh,
2: So, honestly, it's like, that just furthers the point that Steve Nash is literally just there to, like, be a figurehead and a scapegoat if things go wrong. I don't. Because because he's going to be friendly with KD and Kyrie. He's going to let them make a lot of decisions, and he's going to let the assistant coaches make a lot of decisions. That leaves little to no decisions for him to make on his own. He's more going to sit back and watch how the game works from a coach's viewpoint. And if things go bad, he could get fired very quickly. If things go well, he could stick around for a while. I
1: think that this is kind of more of like a, you know, leaving it to the guys that know what they're doing already type of move. Like Mike D'Antoni's Houston offenses, offenses while they haven't won any championships, they've been in the top half of the league every season that he's been there. And so I guess like when, when you have someone that is that is that good on the offensive side of things at your disposal, you might as well use them. Why not? Like, why would you waste them? And then, like, the, the, he already saw what Jacques Vaughn was able to do with the little limited resources that the Nets had at the end of last season, and they were still a good defensive team. So that's another kind of, like, if you're good at this, I'm going to use you to do exactly what you're good at and use it you with your strengths while Stephen Ash kind of sits back and, you know, learns for his first, first season.
2: Exactly if the Nets can manage to be top half of the league in defense, then I don't see how they're not in the finals because structurally their defense is not good. Like they the players they have in ter- for defensive purposes are not strong. Like Kyrie Deandre Jordan and, and Joe Harris in their starting lineup. That's not strong defense, but they should be able to more than make up for it on the offensive end. But if, Jock Vaughn can lead them to league average or maybe borderline top ten, that then they're an unstoppable team.
1: I mean, the I think the odds opened up today and the Nets were tied with the Clippers for the second highest odds to win the chip. So i I mean, I think that everyone kinda knows what it is. Like everyone knows what's up if KD and Kyrie stay healthy. Like it's gonna be the Nets, the the Celtics and and the Bucks and I guess I can't discount the Heat after what they just did. So the Nets Celtics Bucks and Heat really I, I don't I know the Raptors are nice but they're not I not No, not, no, not, no, doing
2: no not the Raptors. There's a lot of people that think the Sixers are going to contend. Man, any team with Doc Rivers not winning nothing, I'm sorry. I don't see that. I'm not sold that their shooters can match any other team's offense. Seth Curry's great. Danny Green's good. They're all great shooters, whatever. Ben Simmons and Embiid can't work together until they prove me otherwise. That's the bottom.
1: Bro, we we talked about this two years ago when the Nets played the Sixers in the playoffs. They still have the exact same thing fundamentally wrong with their roster construction. Embiid operates solely in the post. Simmons operates solely in the paint. When you have two people, your two stars, the two people that touch the ball 90% of the time operating in the same area, nothing good is going to come of it. So in order for them to take that next step, as crazy as it sounds, they have to pick between Embiid or Simmons. If I was them, I'd pick Simmons. That's just me, though. I know some people would pick Embiid, but if you surround Simmons with a whole crap ton of shooters, you're going to see them take that next step and the Sixers are going to be... Pretty nice. If you stick with Embiid, I don't think you find too many six nine point guards in the NBA that can take advantage of matchups the way Ben Simmons can. That's just me though. Like, would you pick Simmons or Embiid if you had to? If you were Daryl Morey or Doc Rivers,
2: I'd pick Simmons only because Embiid has shown that he can score forty with twenty five rebounds and they still lose. Whenever Ben Simmons goes off, it's almost impossible to beat them. Embiid had, like will put up a ton of stats and have everyone else on the team have less than 10 points and they lose. So if if you keep Embiid, it's gonna be well you know he's gonna do his thing, limit everyone else and that's it and we win. And uh, I I think hard structure like you need to pair Embiid with somebody dominant like. That can stretch the floor outside, as in, like, Damian Lillard.
1: It, exactly.
2: That's the way that Embiid will be useful and can win at the same time.
1: I think with Ben Simmons, it's the classic LeBron, Luka thing. LeBron approach. The no, honest LeBron. thing. Like, they make their teammates better,
2: he you know? You put offensive shooters around him. Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez. If you... Put Ben Simmons, start him at the four like Giannis, and build that team around him. They're they're gonna be they're gonna be a near top of the East team like Giannis is. Are will he be an MVP? Probably not. He he needs to knock down a few threes before he gets up there. But I do think that he, if he starts shooting even a little bit, that he's he's easily the decision over Embiid. I'd I, still pick him now.
1: I think it boils down to if you keep Embiid, does his play make things easier for the players around him? Does he make his teammates better? The answer is no. If you keep Ben Simmons, Does his play get his teammates easier looks? The answer is yes. Does he make his teammates better? The answer is yes. So why would you not pick Ben Simmons? You know, like that's what it boils down to for me. Maybe other people think different things, but if you're asking me and Hunter, Ben Simmons is the pick for them. And I don't know how we even got to Ben Simmons, but back to the Nets, Joe Harris, our guy, old reliable, our boy. He signed a four-year, $75 million deal to stay with the Nets. Um, did this come as a surprise to you?
2: Well, I knew that the Nets could go over for their own players, as everyone can, over the cap. Um, Once they got Shamit, I honestly thought that they weren't going to bring him back. So
1: did I. I remember we texted I, that in our group yeah, chat.
2: I thought Shamit was the replacement for him, and that's what they geared up for. But I mean, looking at it from their perspective, that would have been empty money because they're at the cap already, so they wouldn't have been able to spend his money on anyone else so so why even why lose him there's no point
1: you know um i i, I 100% agree i definitely thought though that Shaman was the replacement i remember texting in our group chat like yeah joe harris is gone cuz now they have someone that can shoot slightly worse than him but still still way- league average but no like joe Joe harris stayed loyal um i'm sure he had other suitors probably offering him the same if not more money and he chose to stay with the nets even though he'll have a decreased role i'm like i'm saying i'm sure he could have went to a a separate team that would have paid him the same amount or more and shot 10 more times but you know i feel like he really wants to win a championship with the nets and like that means more to him than 10 million extra dollars or 20 million extra dollars or five extra shots like he would rather win with the nets than win with any other team and like i respect that that's loyalty um definitely a great re-sign for the nets because like we said now they have shamit and joe harris two way above average nba shooters and uh that's only going to contribute to the offense that they're already going to be running at a high level um the nets well not just the nets but a couple well kind of just the nets like the the nba hasn't dropped their s- official schedule yet but we do know who the nets will be playing for the preseason and they will actually be opening the entire 2020 2021 nba season up this season uh, i just said season like 20 times but it's okay in the preseason the nets will- without a
2: bubble that the nba is going to be able to survive
1: i definitely think it's gonna be way less smooth like last last season the way it ended in the bubble was a blessing like nobody got covid completely covid free got things off
2: because it was a foolproof plan in reality the only way it would have been ruined is if somebody pulled a danwell house
1: he (laughs) he almost he almost got it he almost got it off but but no um I think they're definitely going to have complications. There's going to be games getting canceled last minute. There's going to be players that they... they I hope it doesn't end up like the, like games being postponed, rescheduled. Like the schedule that we the NBA releases whenever they do release the full schedule is 100% not going to be the way the schedule plays out at the end of the year. It just won't be. Like, I, I hope they're way more cautious about it than the NFL, though. Because like, if you just look at that Ravens-Steelers game, like the Ravens had like
2: 18 players test positive. They still played the game. I'd- like, <laughs> And the problem is, in the NBA, you you can't do that. If like if their whole starting five gets it, who are you putting into the game? Which is why if you inactive players, you can't play a game which is why
1: I feel like I feel like G-Leagues are going to like your G-League roster is going to be way more important this season. I feel like like the players you sign to the end of your bench are going to be way 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 more important this season. They're not just going to be bench warmers like they actually might have to come in and play one to two to three games like and when you think about it like NFL have ga- they have games once a week like once every 7 days. The NBA plays like 3 4 games in a week. So if someone has COVID, they're missing three two to three games at least like Probably more. exactly so like you're 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 gonna be using your entire roster space so the end of bench is gonna be way more important this season um but no i definitely think the nba is gonna have a couple of hiccups like as good as a as a um what is it what is adam silver is he what is his title i'm blanking right now commissioner? boom thank you as good as a commissioner as adam silver is like he can't There's just not. It's like it's it's not in his power to stop. Look, in reality, they're
2: going to live their lives. They're gonna they're gonna be out. They're gonna be outside, and things will happen. Things will happen. Somebody's gonna get it at some point, unless they're in a bubble again, which isn't really a realistic possibility. So,
1: no, they're. I mean, some teams are lobbying to let fans in already, which I don't think is going to be like, that's just not realistic, especially with this spiking. Like, had we still been on the decline, I think maybe some, some teams would have been able to let that fly and get some fans in. But now that we're back on the rise, there's no way that fans are going to be allowed into the stadium. So they're just going to be, it's going to be basically the bubble, except, (laughs) except you can go back home at the end of the day. Like that, it's still going to be no fans. You're still going to be super isolated, um i know like the ncaa is doing it where they're like flying teams to certain areas and playing three games straight in that one area so you like limit the amount of people that they see i don't know if the nba is going to do that i think they're still like developing the the protocols now as we speak but once i'm sure like shams or Woj will tweet out what the protocol will be for this season and we'll talk about it then but definitely i think it's going to be a way more difficult season with covid now um but their, their first preseason game, what what's today? Today's the third. So the Nets play basketball in 10 days. They play on Sunday, December 13th at Barclays at 6 p.m. against the Washington Wizards and their new point guard, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I don't know. Do you if, think Westbrook and Beal will be able to work together? Uh, I was talking about – I put this on Twitter. I'm going to match your question with the question again because I, I – do I think – Westbrook is better than John Wall, yes, but I think John Wall makes the Rockets a better team than Westbrook will. Do I think the Wizards will be a better team with? I don't. I honestly don't. I don't think that Westbrook is willing. I said this when they switch, like way before they uh, did the trade. I don't think that Westbrook is willing to defer to John Wall. Like I think that they're going to work in Houston because. John Wall knows that Wait, this is...
2: Brad, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't think... He... Who did I say? John Wall. I said Westbrook going defer to John Wall. Jesus. John Wall will work in Houston because he knows it's Harden's team. And, like, he's... And, and
2: also, also, if you know John Wall's history, he played in an All-Star game and had 20 assists.
1: Exactly. He, like, he's he a way the... more willing passer.
2: He will find the good shot. He wants to win. He's always wanted to win if... When he was on top of his game, yeah, he was leading the Wizards and he probably scored the most, but he also was more than willing to pass the ball.
1: 100%. Which
2: I came at the shock that he wasn't happy that it's Bradley Beal's team because Beal was playing when you weren't for two years. But then he countered that and said it wasn't true. So we'll see how he works with Harden.
1: I personally think that he'll be willing to defer to Harden and like in a way that Westbrook wasn't. Like they might play them the same. They might play it and let John Wall just shoot the lights like try and shoot threes and brick them and you know, I think Westbrook took that as kind of like okay, like it's,
2: he's it's going to be a different offense cuz D'Antoni's not there, which is why they changed their structure a little bit.
1: But in it, it, 100%, I'm just saying like I feel like it the shots that defenses were letting westbrook take he was basically playing right into what they wanted him to do like go ahead yeah. like you're gonna get mad we want you to get mad so you take more i feel like john Wall would probably take one if he breaks it Be like All right, i'm not gonna do this like i'll i'll defer to harden like it's not a it's not an ego thing for me like the the pride isn't on the line here like i just want to win whereas westbrook it will do anything
2: for them who, wait who'd you say demarcus cousins
1: I hope he does. I hope uh, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins back at it again uh, after their Kentucky days. I hope
2: DeMarcus Cousins eats. Um, I hope Christian Wood eats. Like, the Rockets, low-key, what'd you say? Huge pickup, but losing Covington for almost nothing was not worth it to me.
1: Do you think they got better this season, though? Like, they picked up Boogie, John Wall, and and uh, Christian Wood and yeah. lost Covington and lost- in Westbrook.
2: That's it. I mean, yeah, I suppose. It's, it's kind of lateral to me. I, I don't think they got better to go over the hump of teams like the Clippers or the Lakers or probably even the Nuggets, but they're up there in the top five.
1: I I wonder if Westbrook will... I, I wonder if he'll play in the preseason. I mean, I don't know. I feel like... Why wouldn't you? Like, would you wait until the season? I don't know. I feel like he, if Beale plays, I feel like he'll definitely play. And... um. But like I was saying, I don't think that they're going to work well together. Like, I don't think he makes them a better team at all. Like, Bradley Beal averaged 30 last season, and like, rightfully so. Like, he's a top five shooting guard in the league, which we will get to in like 20 minutes when we give our top 20 players. Shout out my son, Doug. Um, Yeah, I feel like Bradley Beal should be the one taking shots at the end of the games. He should be the one, like, you're basically just replace Harden with, Bradley Beal and you know like Westbrook wasn't really messing with the way Harden was running the team and you know I don't think he'll mess with the way that he he wanted to go back to playing the style of basketball like he was on the Thunder where he was just going willy-nilly taking 40 shots averaging triple doubles and you know like that's not gonna that's not gonna happen on the Wizards like Bradley See, Beal's not gonna have that. I
2: don't want I don't want the Nets to trade for Beal solely because I don't want the Wizards to be stuck with Dinwiddie, I don't want Dinwiddie, Lever, and Jared Allen to be stuck with Westbrook.
1: I, I, and like I, I feel bad for Westbrook because like we paint him out to be this like horrible teammate and like this, this. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware, but he's not gonna let them get anything. No, he won't. Like he, he 100 won't. Which is which is why I don't feel like he makes the Wizards any better. Like I don't, I feel like it was a lateral move for them too. But, I mean. <laughs> I just don't know. I, 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 I'm excited to see how him and Beal work this season. If it does work, I'll admit to being wrong, but I just personally don't think that it will. Um, But yeah, the Nets play the Wizards in 10 days. I don't think that Kyrie or KD will suit up. I feel like Bradley, Beal, and Westbrook might. I don't know if, the, if, if that will affect Kyrie and KD's decision to suit up. But I just don't. Do, do you feel like they play in the preseason?
2: No, I I don't think most of the elite players are going to play in the preseason. It, it's a rushed off season. This will be—I think the preseason is going to be summer league.
1: Like, summer. like let the young players get 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 like lit.
2: They're like. going to give Nesmith and perchard all that run, and the Nets will probably roll with Bruce Brown and Shamit, the new guys they got. Like, let the people you just acquired showcase what they could do, like—
1: I could already see.
2: We'll probably run with Harold and Schroeder. Like, it's it's anything, any new players you acquired that are not superstars, you're probably going to run with to see how they could fit.
1: I could 100% see preseason game one versus the Wizards. Karis LeVert drops 30 points. And like people are just like, oh my God, this is why Kyrie and KD is not going to work because Karis should have the ball in his hands. Like I can already see Karis getting lit in the preseason because not only do they play the Wizards, but then five days later on December 18th, they uh, end out their preseason versus the Boston Celtics uh, in Boston at 8 p.m. Um, if I had to call what their preseason record will be, I'm gonna say two and zero. Just being honest, what do you think That's
2: that? Because I I highly doubt that any Kemba's already not playing. I highly doubt that Tatum and Brown care to suit up. Smart's not gonna play. It, I I don't I don't see it's gonna be it's gonna be the Nesmith show probably. <laughs> And Carson Edwards, Traymont Waters, maybe give Taco Fall fifteen minutes. Like it's not it's not gonna be normal rosters.
1: No, um, yeah, but I, I definitely think that the Nets just play their young guys, you know. Like I don't think DeAndre Jordan suits up. I think it'll be a Jared if Allen show.
2: Up, they will be out of the game by halftime.
1: I not if even that. I think they play ten minutes max. Like the first five minutes of the first quarter, the first five minutes of the second quarter, call it a day. <laughs> like, um, And then they go on to play their regular season games, the games that actually matter. The first time we might be seeing KD and Kyrie suit up in a Brooklyn Nets jersey will be December 22nd. How many days away is that? 22, 21, 20, 19, 19 days away. Um, yes. So a little bit under three weeks away. Uh, Tuesday, December 22nd, they open up the 2020-2021 NBA season. The first teams to play uh, will be the Golden State Warriors and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, if 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 the Nets and the Warriors are both at full strength, I think it's an easy dub for the Nets. <laughs> like, Sure, they have Steph. That's great. But other than that, I'm not seeing how the Warriors win this
2: one. Well, uh, at full strength, um, I personally think the Nets are going to win. Steph is great. He can lead them to a win, and he probably will own Kyrie, but um, without Klay Thompson, I just don't think Wiggins, Oubre, and Draymond outweighs Dinwiddie, Lavert, and Kevin Durant, so I I think the Nets will ultimately win fairly easily.
1: And yeah, like people, I've seen people say like, oh, you know, the Nets are not, they're not going to have any chemistry, but like neither will the Warriors, you know, like (laughs) Steph hasn't played with Oubre Wiggins and, and James Wiseman (laughs) in, in ever, you know, like, so, so why would, why would they have any more chemistry than the Nets do? Like, at least, Karras, Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan have all played together. You know, like if anything, the Nets have more chemistry coming into the season than the Warriors do. But um, then
2: I think the chemistry thing is is going to be overblown because a lot of teams switch spots, and really, the only the only teams that will have chemistry already will be the Bucks, Heat, Celtics. Raptors in the East, and then in the West, the Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers. That's about it.
1: And, and, and
2: everyone else, everyone else has has switched, and the Mavericks, teams like that. But I'm talking about the top contenders. Yeah. Most other teams have have switched players, like the Rockets swapping out Westbrook. That that's going to be a big adjustment to start the season. I uh, the Sixers losing Richardson and Horford and bringing in terry i'm not terry curry and danny green that that's gonna be an adjustment why they gave up josh richardson for for nothing is is beyond me but
1: hey yeah, i guess they just felt like they needed to blow it up you know like after after just failure after failure of a season they just felt like you know what like you someone's got to go someone's gonna take this l and it's most certainly gonna be you josh and then um, after the Warriors, the Nets play on Christmas Day. They For their second game of the season, they play the Boston Celtics in Boston yet again on Christmas. And I feel like that could be a, a banger
2: of a Christmas game.
1: Like, I don't... It'll be
2: a game, but I, I don't expect the Celtics to win, being that, one, we're expected to start the season very slow because... Jeff Teague is going to be our starting point guard, which I mean, he's not the worst, but Kemba's going to be out for a while. So we're not going to get him back probably till late January, early February. And he's in no rush to come back because he knows that regardless Tatum and Brown will get him to the playoffs as a sixth seed on their own.
1: I'm, I'm looking at the Christmas Day games now, and, you know, like, usually they try and put, like, the best teams against each other or some sort of storyline. Like, they put – so, the Christmas slate is Pelicans Heat, obviously, because the Heat are, are – coming into the season as the best team in the east at least from last season standings and because Zion obviously like the NBA loves Zion Williamson so that he's got to play on Christmas and then after that is the Warriors Bucks I'm not really sure where the storyline in that one is um I feel like the Bucks are just going to win you know <laughs> like I feel like they're just letting the Warriors play because Steph is Steph um after that is Nets Celtics
2: are going to do this to Steph they're going to sleep on him, and then when he when he averages, like, 31, everyone's going to be like, oh, wow, he really is that good. Yeah, he was, and he still is. I mean, yeah, he'll
1: average 31, and they'll just get bounced in the first round, or not even make the playoffs.
2: Oh, that's rough. That That's a rough take.
1: I could 100% see the Pelicans
2: still in the playoffs.
1: The Pelicans could definitely have a better record than the Warriors.
2: That is just that that's just not right to me. The
1: Suns could definitely have a better record than the Warriors.
2: Yeah, that, that may be true.
1: The Timberwolves could have a better record than the Warriors.
2: They're the worst team you've said so far.
1: They could a hunch. I could. I don't think it's that far-fetched to say they have a better season than the Warriors.
2: I don't think they're a top 12 seed. You, you,
1: you don't think? I would make that bet with you right now that they're a top 12 seed. The
2: Timberwolves seed. are not a good team. They're not.
1: They They're not amazing, but they're not bad.
2: They're not a good team.
1: You Think are an idiot.
2: And let me know again.
1: Think of who? What'd you just say?
2: Think of their roster and tell me why. Uh, they're
1: it. a good team because D'Angelo Russell, duh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns pick and roll. Duh, uh Carl Anthony Towns yes. himself is gonna be amazing. Malik
2: Who else do they have? Malik and Beasley, a now.
1: literal <laughs> Malik Beasley is literally a shooter in real life and on the court, so he's already nice. Yeah. Uh, Jack, a rookie,
2: Anthony Edwards. Jared yeah, Colbert, Anthony Edwards. Anthony
1: Edwards, who could be Rookie of the Year. Don't forget, they just signed Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Like, they're not bad, bro. They're not they're, bad they're, at all. They're
2: not good.
1: <laughs> Oh, I hope they have a better record than the Warriors. And then on on Christmas Day, uh Nets Celtics, we already talked about that. I think the be- and then Mavericks Lakers, that's the Luka versus LeBron storyline that the NBA also loves. And then Clippers Nuggets, that's just the number 2 and 3 teams in the West going at it. I think oh, the
2: That's blue 3-1 lead.
1: What oh, oh 100%. Yeah, you're right. That is definitely blue a 3-1 lead. I completely forgot about
2: that. Oh. Saying, well, they just weren't better than us. We lost. They didn't win. We lost. Yeah. So prove it. Yeah. uh, There you go. That's that's that.
1: I think the best matchup on this slate is going to be if I had to pick one, I would low key say Lakers, Mavs. But I think a wild card could be Pelicans, Heat. Like that might be a banger.
2: People don't realize that that Zion is very good. (laughs) Like, I mean, people love But he, like, he affects the game a lot. You you undercut that a lot, how good he really is. I, I mean, I, I'm the type of person where you got to show it to me. And since we're already in about... It's a game. He, he played like
1: 20, 20 games, three. bro. He played 20 games. I was tight when he was on the cover of 2K this year. He's on the cover of 2K after 20 games? Really? But whatever. So,
2: mean, he scored the fourth most points in his first 15 games in a, of all time
1: that's great. That's cool. Show me that over a consistent period of time and stay healthy. How about, I don't care if you can average 25 points per game, if you can't stay on the court for more than 25 games. So since we're already talking about Zion, shout out to Doug. He asked me and Hunter to rank our top 20 NBA players. And so Hunter and I both came up with a list. Uh, we have our own separate list, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the same people are going to be on it just because like we we have as much as it seems like we don't agree on a lot of stuff. We agree on basically who the top twenty players are. Like we, there's a lot of things that we're right with, there with each other on. And then we ranked um top five by position. So I guess we'll start with our top twenty. I mean, I, let's just go by number. Who do you have as your number one? LeBron James. My number one is also LeBron James. Not even close to me in my opinion. Who's your number two?
2: kevin durant who will be number one after the season
1: my number two is also kevin durant there we go who's your number three anthony davis well look at that crazy anthony davis is number three for me too i'll just go ahead and say my number four is Giannis onto the kumpo
2: yep uh see in regular season terms Giannis is better but when you look at it from a whole game plan perspective You can game plan to stop Giannis, and it's been proven already. You can't game plan to stop AD, so that's the only difference.
1: There we go. I love to hear you say that, really. I truly do. Number five is Kawhi Leonard. Oh, you have Steph?
2: Yeah, he didn't play. That means nothing to me. It's Steph Curry.
1: So you have Steph at five. I have Kawhi at five. I have Steph at six.
2: I have Kawhi at six.
1: Okay. I I don't really think it's... A question that Kawhi is better than Steph right now but okay I'll, I'll give you that one
2: it is it is a question because uh Steph has uh won two MVPs and that's the same player he'll come back to be and he'll prove it to you so okay we'll see
1: so we basically have our number uh five and six flipped Hunter has five Steph Curry six Kawhi Leonard I have five Kawhi Leonard six Steph Curry number seven I have Harden Harden boom look at that back on track number eight I have Luca. Luka Doncic. Look at that. Number nine. I have Damian Lillard.
2: Damian Lillard.
1: (laughs) Who do you have as number 10?
2: Nikola Jokic.
1: Oh, I have Jimmy Butler.
2: Yeah, no, uh, I just... Jimmy Butler's great. And he's very important in the clutch. It's just... Nikola Jokic just commands a certain playmaking ability on the court that's different.
1: After his finals performances turning into the second coming of Michael Jordan, he's gotta be a top ten player for me. So Jimmy Butler is definitely number ten for me. Number it's eleven just,
2: it's just how how high Nikola Jokic's win shares are, it which that that's an important stat to me personally. And his efficiency. He's just a very careful player. Like he's a careful twenty ten and seven player, shoots above fifty percent. And he just makes the right plays.
1: I don't know if Jokic is capable of doing what Jimmy Butler did in that finals. That that was some of the best. That was some of the most, like,
2: insane basketball from a single man. A one-man tank. I don't know why you're saying the finals. He did it in the conference finals versus Boston. But no,
1: no, 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 no. But the finals was different, bro. He was dropping. He had a 40-point triple-double <laughs> like against one of the best defenses in the NBA. Amazing. What'd you say? And it meant nothing. They lost. Okay, but they should have like if you look at that Lakers team, bro, there's a very real possibility that they could have got swept. And the fact I mean, that Kobe
2: they George was a part of a team that came back from 3 1 deficits two times. But the Clippers
1: our... but the Clippers suck though. That's the thing. You know, like they that's not that hard. Anyone that's could have a... done that against the that's Clippers.
2: A <laughs> that's a bias. That's a bias. Okay.
1: Okay, so fine, back 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 on track. Uh, You have number
2: number eleven. Then is Jimmy Butler.
1: My number eleven is Nikola Jokic. So there we go.
2: And now this is where we probably don't have the same realm of player. My number twelve is Jason Tatum.
1: Okay, yeah, that is blasphemous. My number twelve is Joel Embiid. Actually, so there you go. I'll
2: explain. One Tatum is better than Embiid has up. Okay,
1: come on now.
2: And he affects the game in a bigger way. Um, Tatum, Tatum took a big leap and you'll only see the leap progress without Gordon Hayward this season. And um, I I do believe that he is one of the more well-rounded two-way players in the game.
1: I mean, I don't disagree with you. Shocker. Jason Tatum is definitely on my top 20 list as well. I'm just not giving him the, the the go ahead against the the next couple of guys that I'm gonna say that I already know the type of tier of, tier of player they are. Like Jason Tatum hasn't done enough for me yet to say he's better than Joel Embiid, so there's that. I mean, I, I don't blame you for putting him there. Like, is he nice? Yes, he's super nice, but I'm gonna give it to Joel Embiid, my number thirteen. I'm also going to give it to them over Jason Tatum, Carl anthony Towns.
2: No, my number 13 is Kyrie Irving. Okay.
1: I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that. My number 14 is Bradley Beal.
2: My 14 is Embiid.
1: My 15 is Kyrie Irving.
2: My 15 is Carl anthony Towns. So huh? let's stop there. Okay. My 12 to 15 was Tatum, Irving, Embiid, and Carl anthony Towns.
1: My 12 to 15 was Embiid- Carl Anthony Towns, Beal, Irving. So I don't have you don't have Beal in yours and I don't have Tatum in mine.
2: Yes. And and Beal was putting up big stats on a team that didn't win. So
1: he would put up big stats on any team. Bradley Beal is a monster.
2: 45 35 were his percentages.
1: That's a am- okay, 45% from the field is g- good for a guard, bro. 45
2: 35 versus 45 40
1: Okay, wait, who are and we talking about? Who's that?
2: Tatum. And better defense. It just, it, it,
1: I don't know. I don't know. There's just something about Bradley Beal when I watch him that I say this man is nice. When I look at Jason Tatum, like, I I oh, know he's it. good. I just don't think he's better than Bradley Beal. You know, like, it uh, just doesn't make the cut for me. Um, Number 16, though, I have Jason Tatum. So there you go. He's number 16. That's still
2: pretty good. It's it's inaccurate that he's not a top fifteen player. But uh, I'll continue. My number sixteen is Paul George. My number seventeen is Paul now, George. Now wait, I know you don't like Paul George, and and that you know he gets all this stuff for the playoffs. Paul George sucks.
1: I I but tried everything yeah, in my power Paul to not.
2: George Paul. is a very good player. He just had a rough playoffs.
1: It's, Pandemic it's just- P. I tried everything to keep him out of my top twenty. I just could. Uh, there was just a couple of players that just aren't that like good enough yet, like right there. But I just couldn't justify not putting Pandemic P in here. So there you go. George Paul is number 17. He's okay. Uh, number
2: 18. My number 17 is Devin Booker.
1: Oh, well, that's what a coincidence. My number 18 is Devin Booker.
2: Now, Devin Booker is only on this list. Because of what I believe he will do this season. Which is weird because that's not how you should make a top 20. But if I was basing it off of past things, I would have other players ahead of him. He's only been an all-star once. He has put up stats on a team that's horrid other than the bubble. And honestly, I just think this season he's going to prove that he can average 25 plus on a winning team. Efficiently.
1: The whole 8-0 and in the bubble thing really went a long way towards boosting my Devin Booker stock. And uh, I think if he was just slightly better on the defensive end, I'd have him above Paul George. But since Paul George edges him out on defense, I'll put Paul George ahead of him. Number and 19.
2: My 18. Oh. Is he 18? My 18 is where Bradley Beal sits.
1: Which is fair. Which is fair. Just
2: a notch below Booker. Because I I personally think Booker is going to do a lot this season to prove how good he is, and he he's made a lot of clutch buckets in the past as well. Even though his team doesn't win, when they do win, it's on clutch shots by him typically, and he's he's a very efficient isolation scorer also. So uh, I have Booker just right in front of Beal, but Beale is my A-team.
1: My nineteen is Devin Booker's teammate, actually Chris Paul. He goes, he, had... he goes into nineteen for me. I think they're gonna make a pretty good duo. I think he's gonna go a long way towards Devin Booker's advancement as an NBA player. Um, he's gonna open up a whole new realm of shots for Devin Booker. Uh,
2: I actually think Chris Paul's biggest impact will be on DeAndre.
1: Oh, hundred percent because they're pick and roll. But I also think that he's gonna have a really big impact
2: on Devin Booker. Um, and then my no. number. I changed last minute. I had a, I was I was rotating between quite a few players. This was the hardest spot by far. But uh, I ended up putting Ben Simmons at twenty.
1: Oh, that's crazy. Uh, Ben Simmons is in my honorable mentions. Uh, I had five honorable mentions. They are Pascal Siakam, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, who I really didn't want to put in here, but I put him in here just because like. I guess. Uh Ben Simmons and then Russell Westbrook. Low key also D'Angelo Russell is uh Look, a honorable mention.
2: No, that's that's wrong. Um <laughs> I think I'd rather have Jalen Brown any day than D'Angelo Russell and Jalen Brown's not you're a you're an
1: absolute freak if you want Jalen Brown. Um
2: but Ben Simmons overall is a consistent sixteen eight and eight with two steals. He's a force on the defensive end. And The fact that coaches so highly regard him and put him in the All-Star game, despite the 16-8-8 stats, shows how valuable he is on the court. Even though he can't shoot, he commands defenses to suck into him in the paint, which will be valuable when they have shooters like Curry around him. I don't know that it'll change as much since they still have Embiid clogging the paint, but... I do think Simmons is better than the other guys that I would have put at 20, which are Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, or Bam Adebayo. Those are the next three players that I probably would have.
1: My number 20 goes to Donovan Mitchell, just cause I think he's a more complete player than Ben Timmons. Like he can shoot the ball. He can get to the basket. He's, he, his playmaking skills are most definitely underrated. Like you, he's never missed the playoffs in his entire career. And I know Ben Timmons also hasn't, I don't think, but. I just think Donovan Mitchell is a better overall player than Ben Timmons. Like he, his weaknesses are way less. Like it's way harder to spot his weaknesses where when it comes to Ben Simmons, you know, you already know he can't do one of the most essential things in basketball. And so that's why I put Donovan Mitchell at 20. Ben Timmons is definitely, like I said, in my honorable mentions, though, if there was 25, he'd be on the list, but that's my top 20. That's Hunter's top 20. Uh, They don't like, we have pretty much the same players just in different sp- spots. Like our top 10 is, almost identical. You flip Kawhi and Steph, and then you flip Jimmy Butler and Jokic. After 10, things get a little dicey, but for the most part, we have the same crop of players. Um, Then we're about to rank uh, the top five of each position. So for point guard, I'll go Steph at one, which I didn't have at first, but I, I gave it to him just because he's Steph. So, Steph at one, Dame at two, which Dame low key should be one. But Steph at one, Dame at two, Luka Doncic at three. We're counting him as a point guard because on basketball reference, it says he played like 70% of his minutes this season at point guard. So, Steph at one, Dame at two, Luka at three, Kyrie at four, and then Chris Paul at five.
2: Um, I have the same thing, but I have... Steph at one, Luca at two, Dame at three. Oh, you're top
1: insane, bro! Five,
2: you're now, insane, if bro. Back to your top twenty. You also have Luca ahead of Dame.
1: You're right, but I don't feel like it should be that way. I have him one spot ahead of him. Like, I
2: don't. I... Luca, If uh... you don't stand, is um twenty one years old, which which is the same age as 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 me. He is eight <laughs> younger. He's 18 days younger than I am, and he averaged 29 9 and 9 on 46 32 76 shooting at 20 years old during the season. You're right. You're right. And he had 20 triple doubles. He has more. He has 25 in his career already. I don't. I I don't think it's far off for him to be top five pretty soon. But for now, he has to be stuck where he is
1: you're right you're right you're right damn it fine so I'll change my point guards to Steph Dame I mean Steph Luca Dame Kyrie Chris Paul which doesn't feel right to me it doesn't I feel like Dame should be number two but fine you're right Luca's the better overall player so there I had to amend my top five on the fly shooting guard I have Harden Beal Clay Thompson don't forget about him, Devin Booker and then Donovan Mitchell. If I I was torn between Donovan Mitchell and Drew Holiday, but Drew Holiday wasn't even my in, in my honorable mentions, so I have to put Donovan Mitchell there. So yeah, Harden, Beal, Clay, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell.
2: Now let me make it easy for you. Clay's not going to play a whole season. Didn't play all of last season. Last time we saw him was the finals. We way back when KD was on the Warriors. So I, I'm not putting him on this list. It's, it's not fair to put him on this list. I haven't included John Wall in any list in the last two years, so it's not fair to include Clay now. But then we haven't so, seen Steph in a year either. He's still your number one point guard, though. That That's just wrong. You saw him early last year.
1: But, okay, fine. Uh-huh. If we saw him for,
2: like, f- five games. Like, what does that prove? Well, let me continue. Harden, Booker, Beal, Mitchell, Drew Holiday. I'll cut out Clay right for you and put Drew Holiday where you wanted to.
1: No, sir, because Clay's definitely a top three shooting guard in the league. Um, small forward. I don't. I think this was probably the easiest one to do. Like you know, it's Bron, KD, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum. Simple.
2: Some people will probably have Paul George ahead of Tatum. I just don't agree with that at all.
1: Yeah, no, nah, pandemic piece not nah, not cutting it for me. Uh power forward, I have Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, oh. Pascal Siakam, Kristaps Porzingis and DeMontis Sabonis. I know Hunter is going to say Zion, but he's not there for me yet. I'm Zion. sorry.
2: It is it is Anthony Davis, Giannis, Pascal Siakam, Zion Williamson and Kristaps. I don't care that he played 24 games. He's better than Sabonis. Bro, Sabonis
1: was an all-star, bro. How do we how do we not give the credit to Sabonis for being an all-star and take Giannis for playing I mean and take Zion for playing 20 games?
2: Sabonis averaged 18 and 12 with five assists in an Eastern conference that is weak. Very, very weak. You put Zion in a stacked West where his efficiency is higher. And he averages 23 and 6 in 27 minutes a game. Bro, I I, I don't really see how Why do we not take into account how much you can stay
1: on the floor? Like, if Zion can't stay healthy, I don't that, care that I, he's
2: good. Because he just came back. What do you mean he just came back? From injury? Okay, and what if he gets injured again?
1: He hasn't proved to me that he can play at even 30 games.
2: (laughs) Like, that's it. That's all you had to play for me. By that logic, people would have given up on Joel Embiid a long time ago. And also, not even to mention the health, the Pelicans were
1: trash in the bubble. He didn't do nothing for them in the bubble. Nothing. They were garbage. (laughs) If you have this amazing player...
2: Sabonis has done a whole lot. I Uh, mean, at least the Pacers made the playoffs. uh, Okay, we'll see what they do this season. But still, Zion is better.
1: As of right now, Zion is not better than DeMontis Sabonis. I'm sorry. He'll probably end up better than DeMontis Sabonis. I'm sure at the end of next season, I'll say that. But right now, I'm taking Sabonis. He's
2: better today.
1: As we go to center,
2: I have Jokic. I, I don't think I said that Chris Dapps was my number five.
1: You went through your, you said all five of them. You fool. You can move on. (laughs) My center is Jokic, Embiid, Cat, Bam, Gobert. I wanted to so badly not put Gobert. That
2: that is the easiest ranking. It's really, there's no one to shift in any direction. That's just it.
1: Yeah, that that's there there really wasn't much leeway the centers in the league like who's next up like Jonas Valanciunas like there's not there's not really much left to go there so those are the top 5 centers um and yeah that is our top 20 and top 5 in each position um we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Hoopball Nets podcast but before we get up out of here we got to Give a cool shout out to our guys over at Manscaped because support for the Hootball Nets podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls, that's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Uh, Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. All these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day tis the season to manscape so go get yourself your dad your brother your boyfriend and friends the best gift of all the manscaped perfect package 3.0 get 20% off plus free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscape.com your balls will thank you boom, boom 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 there we have it for this episode of the hoopball nest podcast subscribe to the podcast on apple podcasts Leave a five-star rating and review because all reviews are getting read on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Nets. You can follow me and Hunter. I'm at Adams. Hunter is at Hunter underscore JKR on Twitter. And uh, let me give you your letter. The letter for the day is... Let me look around my room. The letter for the day is D. Damontis
2: Sabonis.
1: And there we have it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nets podcast. And we'll catch you next Friday.